0: First off, uh, you know, if you wanted some certification about teams that are done, I mean, you certainly got it with the Mets. You, you know, you knew you were going to get it with the White Sox anyway. Now the Cardinals, there's no way they can make a play and tell us that they have an independent race in the NL Central. And I still think the Padres are on death watch at 48 and 52. Uh, the Mets, obviously Scherzer's been awful as a Met. Yeah, last year, he got booed off the mound unceremoniously when he got destroyed by San Diego on that Friday night in the wildcard weekend. And. Know, he's in and out. Sometimes he's good. And then other times, like on Saturday night late, he was awful. Home run galore. He's given up 22 home runs in 100 innings. That's ridiculous. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I'm the Mets, I, though I know they're not going to do it because I don't think they want to throw up the white flag, I don't think the Mets and Steve Cohen want to essentially tell their fan base, guys, you got two months to go. Um, you know, I. Uh, we're out of it. We have no chance. They got the U.S. Open coming. Go watch that. Use our parking lots to park your car to watch the tennis. The Jets have started. The Giants will begin. Uh, we'll see you in March. I don't think the Mets want to send that message. And if they trade uh, a uh, person like Scherzer, that is the message they are sending. Same thing goes for San Diego and Soto. Uh, the same scenario. If you go out there and you make that kind of trade. It's one thing to trade David Robertson, Mark Kana. Nobody wants those guys. They're not they're not championship you're not gonna build your championship team you need those kind of guys It's not gonna be you can find them anywhere you're not gonna build around those guys and that's one thing because you know you still got the big stars and you can make a case that Scherzer and Verlander or you can make a case that if you, I don't know what the Padres are gonna trade they're a bunch of superstars so if you do anything you're gonna have to trade one of them but in the Mets case I just don't think they want to send that message that the ballpark is gonna be dark uh, until next year and by trading Scherzer they're doing that so those it might be good for the franchise now you're gonna have to pay off his contract to get better prospects but and you can replenish your farm system that might be the smart way to do it but from a marketing standpoint i don't think the mets are going to do it like san diego same thing Uh, st louis i mean it's a little different there baseball's king it's the only thing in town per se them in the blues uh, you know baseball that's the best franchise in the national league as far as titles are concerned and consistency over the last 120 something years so from that perspective if they can get away with it a little better and if they traded an Arenado Goldschmidt which I don't think they will either but they could get away with it better than to say the Mets could or the Padres could and that's one of the things that took away this weekend Uh, I don't the Mets Mets are finished. They stink. I mean, they couldn't beat the Red Sox or ready to be picked off. Scherzer on Saturday night. Yesterday, Carrasco has been terrible. The Mets are finished. Uh, and I think the Cardinals, who got a bad break on Friday night, Ron Copa, boy, I wonder how his dinner went on Friday night. His work behind the plate, if you're a Cardinal fan, on Friday afternoon against the Cubs, and I'm rooting for the Cubs, you know, in the top of the eighth inning on his ball strikes thing, which changed the whole weekend. The Cardinals that won the first game. His ball strike thing with the bases loaded on the 302 pitches to the cardinal hitter who then later got ejected was he caught them strikes they weren't he hits a double play cubs survived then the cubs go out and win the weekend uh the cardinals are gonna have to go out there and 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 unload too so i mean listen if you wondered and the padres although they won two out of three that's they, they, they gotta get past winning two out of three a it was detroit and anybody should beat them and b you know uh they scored 21 20 runs one day and they come back the next day and lose 3-1. I mean, it's it's what they have done all year. That's what bad teams do. And they are still miles away. I mean, the Dodgers are 16 over and they're 4-under. So you do the math, that's 10 out in fourth place in July, late July. So I I don't know what they will do. I don't think they want to unload either. I think they won't do really anything. And they will chalk this up to, you know, if we somehow get something together in the last 50, 60 games, look at us, we were patient. And I, I just think that they'll leave it alone and sort of hope that this was just one of those awful years and see where they go next year. That's what I think. San Diego and probably the Mets will both do. Dodgers are a very very good team. Um, Texas needs pitching. I learned that over the weekend. I was paying attention there. Uh, I can't go crazy about the Yankees. I know they did a decent job beating Kansas City three in a row, but the Royals are they're a Triple A team. Uh, you know uh, I know you could make the argument that you know the 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 A's beat the Red Sox and the Royals beat the Dodgers, they did it at home. When a bad team like that, they never went on the road. I mean, you know, uh, when Oakland beat the Red Sox two out of three and the Braves two out of three and the Royals beat the Dodgers two out of three, they beat them in their ballpark. And that can happen. A road team, uh, L.A. or Atlanta or the Red Sox and Houston had to work hard this weekend. You know, they walk into, you know, an empty stadium like both of them are, a little flat and the A's are dying for a win. Kansas City dying for a win. You can lose a couple games. And I think that's when they're on the road, though, they stink. Well, On the road, these teams are awful teams. And Kansas City walked in Yankee Stadium, and they got ambushed. You know, the games were relatively competitive. It wasn't like they lost twenty nothing three straight nights. But I can't read too much into the Yankees beating Kansas City. I know they, you know, they go a little crazy because Rizzo hit a couple of home runs during a forty-one game drought. I know that obviously, uh, if you think of Stanton, he hit a ball out of the ballpark. Stanton hits bad pitching. He hit home runs against Colorado, against that awful pitching Kansas City. But Stanton's is so inconsistent. I'm not sure what that means so although you take the wins, if you're a Yankee fan, I don't know if that means all of a sudden you're back in the mix and what the Yankees do uh, by next week at this time. I don't really have any idea whatsoever. And the Cubs, maybe it's Bellinger, but the Cubs and Bellinger find themselves in a very tricky spot. First off, they've sold off in previous July's. Number two, they're only five out. And, you know, the Cubs are not that bad. They're 48-51, and the division is terrible. And the Reds and Brewers play this weekend while the Cubs play the White Sox. I mean, I, I... do they go out there and they trade Bellinger off? I mean, that was the idea of getting him signed. He plays well, then you can trade him and get some prospects. What are you getting from Bellinger anyway? I mean, he's a decent player, but he's, 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 uh, his agent is Boris, so he's never going to re-sign somewhere. What, what, the Yankees are going to give you five great prospects for, 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 for Bellinger? Uh, why would they go out there and do that? I don't understand. I wouldn't do it when they're five games over 500. And he'd be a good Yankee. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they're never going to re-sign. They didn't sign Benintendi. They're never going to resign him. And they're doing it for two months. So, it's tricky. And obviously, you're going to learn from the... So, I'm not sure what the Cubs will do. Sounds like they're going to sell. But, you know, the last thing, if you're Jed Hoyer, you want, is them to go out there and win six in a row because that puts you in a tricky spot. Now, what do I do? I think if you have one thought process, well, that's on load, then your team gets hot three days before the deadline in a bad division, you're really... Caught between a rock and a hard place I think the Red Sox are in a little bit of that mode right now the Red Sox have played pretty well I mean the last couple of weeks they you know they swept Toronto they did a good job against the A's before the break and that's six they did a good job against Texas that's eight and one two and three against the Cubs is 10 and two 11 and four I mean the Red Sox are, have won 13 of 18 so what are the Red Sox supposed to do right now if you're high bloom the Yankees aren't going to trade off, so you're only two games behind in the wild card, and the Yankees are never going to sell. That's not what the Yankees do. What are the Red Sox going to sell? So the Yankees are not going to sell, but the Red Sox are. How is that going to work in Boston in that market, when the Yankees are going for it in Boston? It already's gotten a grief for Bets and Bogarts letting those guys walk. What are they going to do? It puts them in a little bit of a tricky way. I almost get the idea that certain general managers of teams that are sort of in the middle here would rather have the team go one way or the other and not be in that line where, you know, you could go one way or another. I mean, I don't think Jed Hoyer wants to have to decide, well, are we in it or not in it? And if I trade the guys off and we're in a little bit of a pennant race, then I'm going to get killed by my fan base. But if I don't trade them off and we continue to play like we're playing, then what? I'm going to get killed there too. Same thing with Bloom, same thing. to Not with the Yankees. Not with the Yankees because the Yankees are never, I mean, in one year they sold, but they got Torres back. I mean, when they traded Chapman. But for the most part, the Yankees, you know, they're just not going to be in that spot where they sell. And then finally, the Orioles, I mean, you got to give them a tremendous amount of credit. Tampa is in a in complete implosion. The Orioles walked into the trap on one three out of four. The Orioles were six and a half back there when we looked at July. And, you know, and in, in and since then, the... The Rays, I think they have 4-15 and in a month. I'd have to look at the exact number. But the Orioles right now got a four-game loss column lead. It's only two overall, but they have 38 losses. Tampa has 42 losses. And it wasn't that long ago, folks, where Tampa in the regular season beat the Orioles 18 of 19. It may have been two years ago. 18 of 19. And now they chill Baltimore by four games. So, I mean, if anybody needs a little pick-me-up right now, it's probably the Rays who after an unbelievable beginning, especially in their ballpark, after an unbelievable beginning, Tampa has played very poorly for a long period of time. And I don't, you know, they got swept in Texas and they barely won a game in Kansas City. They lost seven games right before the All-Star break occurred, before they won a game against Atlanta. I mean, they're in big, I mean, they lost seven straight, then they beat the Braves, that makes them one and seven. They start the second half beating Kansas City two out of three, but again, who cares there, but that makes them three and eight. They lose three straight. Straight to Texas, that's 3-11, and and then they lose 3 out of 4 to Baltimore, which makes them 4-14. They've lost 14 of 18, the race. So if anybody needs a little pick-me-up, it's them. And Otani's not getting traded. Uh, You know, the Pirates aren't any good, and the the Angels got a chance to beat them a couple times. Otani's not getting dealt. Because he is not going to be an owner. Let's forget about speculation. Don't pay attention to your little phone that says, you know, trade alert. What teams would best fit with Otani He is not getting traded. They're on the periphery of wildcard uh, wild card. And they're not going to make it. But they're on the periphery of it, which is all the owner needs to delay any decision to trade his big star. And he doesn't want to be the guy that trades him anyway. They got 29 home games between August 3rd and the end of the year. That's a lot of jerseys to sell, beer to drink, hot dogs to eat. And, uh, you know, uh, 30,000 are putting out ballpark in Anaheim on a day-in, day-out basis. So, uh, and that's not a great football town anyway. He doesn't have to worry about being overcome by the locals with the Chargers and the Rams. So from that perspective, he's in in decent shape. He's going to keep Otani on the team. And then, of course, you have the last note before we take a break. You got a couple things that, you know, you deal with with the balanced schedule. Tonight begins a series in Milwaukee with Cincinnati. What they do with the deadline will be interesting, too. And it begins a series tonight in Houston with Texas. Now, it's not as bad with Texas. They only play, remember, you only play four series against teams in your own division. It used to be six. Now it's four. Now, I like the balanced schedule. I think it's something different. I think the teams like it. The managers like it. More travel. uh, But, you know, it's probably a little better to get through the whole hum of the 162. But the one negative to it is you have some scenarios where you don't face your divisional rival who might very well be in a pennant race with you. Uh, You know, the second half of the season or the last two months. And a perfect example, there's a couple of them. Giants don't play the Dodgers after August 23rd. The Mets don't play the Braves after August 23rd. Normally that would be a problem this year. It's not. But one big issue is Milwaukee and Cincinnati. They will play for the third time in basically three weeks. And they'll start tonight in Milwaukee. And then the Reds and Brewers are done for the year. That's it. No more. So the last 55 games there's no head to head between Cincinnati and Milwaukee. There's not even a two game series in Cincinnati in the middle of September to get you pumped up for. There is no head to head. Texas will play in Houston tonight against the Astros and after this series is concluded in late July, those two teams don't play only play one more time the rest of the way in the last 55 games. It's not it's not the Orioles and Tampa play one more time. I mean, after this next weekend, the Orioles don't play the Yankees ever again this year. It's not ideal. That's the one thing you got to live with with the schedule. It's bad, but, you know, if you like, you got to give something up. And baseball decided when they got away from playing 18, 19 games in your division with each team and got away from, you know, wanted to do a little more sex appeal with the schedule, have everybody visit everybody else and, you know, put a little more life into its regular season. You cannot kill them on that. But, you know, when you buy something, there's always a price to pay. And the price that baseball pays, and I would have done the same thing, so I'm not second-guessing it, but the price that baseball pays Is in a lot of scenarios, they will not have head to head between two teams fighting for a playoff spot in September. Perfect example is Reds Blues.